When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steve Politi from NJ Advanced Media. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. We've got a football season, fellas. James Cratch, Keith Sargent. It is the weirdest thing how I feel right now. It really is. I feel half of me is like, well, I feel like I love college football. I want to be there. I want to cover it. I want to write about it. I want to talk about it. It's why one of the reasons why I got into this business. The other half of me is the guy who, you know, was on the phone with weeping emergency room doctors and stood in a crematorium and saw just how devastating this thing was. And I wonder, you know, that, that half of me wonders what the hell we're doing. So that's kind of where, I, where I'm stuck with, I, I, you know, it's just sort of an amazing reversal. The Big Ten explained the decision in great detail about the advances in antigen testing and how that will allow the fact that they think they will be able to get to a point where they're, you know, close to zero positivity rate on these teams. I'm going to go to you, Sarge, first. I'm just curious what, what you thought about just the, the nuts and bolts presentation of the Big Ten today. Do you buy into the fact that this is going to be uh, something that's going to work to get a season in, that the players are going to be healthy? I mean, what did you think when you heard how they explained this? Um, I, I'm like you. I was skeptical. Um, and I'm like you. I'm, I'm also kind of torn that I love college football. Um, as far, as far as the Big Ten presentation, I think the uh, big thing is, like you mentioned, the, the, the uh, daily testing. And basically what that means, you know, in a nutshell, is they can see that players are going to get it, that whether players or coaches, that the coronavirus is out there. What they really, their ultimate goal is to prevent a spread. And um, the spread is obviously important to, to prevent from the standpoint of just a community standpoint but also from a roster standpoint, because we saw with Rutgers, for example, it started with, 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 with uh, six players. And then with, within two weeks, it, it spread the, the 30 different players, different position groups. So, you know, in order to prevent that, you know, your entire offensive line from going down, you need to have that daily testing that way, you know, again, they're conceding that, you know, players are going to get it. Staff members uh, could possibly get it, but you know, if they have this daily testing uh, procedure in place, they'll be able to, to prevent, you know, wide scale numbers of, of players get from getting it. Right. Well, that's what the Northwestern president said today, Cratch, during the call. He said, you know, that this was all about science. I mean, I tried not to giggle on the call. Of course, it's, it's all about, you know, the money, number one, and number two, all about getting Ohio State just off their backs from going crazy. And I think, we, I think we saw, while there are 14 members in this conference, just how powerful one of them is, and to a lesser degree, Nebraska, I think, although I think they probably could have gotten away with pissing them off. I mean, what was your takeaway from this thing today? Why are we playing? And did you buy what the Big Ten had to say? Yes and no. I mean, look, I think why we're playing is because, one, yes, there have been medical advancements. I think that, you know, I wrote about this back in July when we, I did that story about teams how they would travel to road games and one of the epidemiologists at Rutgers told me once we get this rapid antigen testing online it's going to completely change the game because you can 
it's going to detect the virus before it's a full-blown infection in your body. And then it's then going to be in a situation where we can run a test quickly. Basically, what he told me was this is in effect, like a, a quick flu test where you can right. take it. If you test positive, then you can take it again in an hour and they can kind of keep going and eventually get to the PCR test to confirm everything. I think so. Yes, I do think that things have changed medically for the Big Ten, but there was a tremendous amount of rancor and outrage. And they're scared of the fact that Notre Dame and Iowa State are playing football and they're not. Of course. And the SEC is going to play that. I think so. I think the, the medical advancements certainly played a role. But if, if it was like the Pac 12, which obviously is a totally different situation because the teams can't practice it there's these wildfires, if people had just said, you know, we believe in the Big Ten. I don't think we'd be here today. I think it's a financial thing. I think it's a pressure thing, but it also helps that the medical advancements came along in time for them. Well, this is the amazing part. They're, they're, they're approving this while I've, I think Wisconsin's campus is still closed. I think mm-hmm. Minnesota's facing the same situation. Uh, and the, you know, the two words that to me that didn't come up during this uh, were the word second wave. And I know, Sarge, you know, you've, you've covered this thing. You've talked to as many experts, more experts than I have. You know, the idea, and it, no matter who you speak to who follows what the coronavirus is doing, they are convinced that what's coming at us in October and November is going to be, you know, an absolute, you know what? I mean, it's just it's going to hit us hard again. The cases are going to go up. The flu season is going to be a factor. We're going to see, we're going to see just another side of this thing that we haven't seen yet. I mean, what, what do you think happens then, Sarge? Do you, do you think the league is prepared for that? Do you think we get to the point where we play games? And if we do, do you think we're any chance every team plays eight games? So I'll try to answer uh, each one of those questions for you, because I know our, our, our uh, listener base, this is what they come to, to the Scarlet. The, the Rutgers absolute epidemiology <laughs> exactly. right here for the most co- the current <laughs> stuff about viruses and what you want from us exactly <laughs> and, and for the record you know my email is available if you have any sort of ailments shoot me an email yes. you know WebMD you know I'm, I'm available on that too that's right yeah so to answer your question the reason why because I did one of my last stories when I was on the new side beat was you know the potential second wave and the reason why you know in a nutshell that a lot of uh, uh, you know, medical experts believe that there there is a very uh, high chances because this is like a pneumonia, and and, and any of these types of, of viruses, um, based on history, hundred years of, of of studying these types of viruses, it's always been worse in the fall and the winter, and the reason being is because people more people are indoors and you know whereas in the in, in the spring and the summer people are more outdoors i know that you know you, you saw some cases down south and you know some spice there but you know new jersey new york the numbers were, were a lot better you know in the summer so the potential of going back indoors that's the reason why a lot of people believe that there's going to be a second wave as far as whether or not i believe this is uh, possible look i mean i think time will tell i think the big key is going to be you know, preventing a spread because I think, you know, again, coaches, you know, are, are, are aware of the fact that, that, you know, players are going to get it, you know, that, that you could, there's no bubble that's going to be able to re- prevent, you know, some, some, some cases. Greg Siano was on a call today. He, he, he said that, you know, the, the, there have been more cases, uh, you know, uh, within the team, you know, since we last uh, touched base with them on August 12th, keep in mind, none of the players were, were even on campus from August 11th until September 1st. So, right. you know, that, that just goes, goes to show that, you know, players are going are, are gonna to get it. Again, we're talking about, 
the ability to, to manage your roster in order to play, you know, a football game. What the Big Ten uh, said today, and Cratch might be able to, to, to talk about this as well, is if, if a player gets it, uh, that player needs to sit out for 21 days, three weeks. And the reason being is because of the uncertainty with the heart uh, issues that they need to find out whether or not uh, they need to find out a that the player has recovered and b whether or not the player has long term effects from from uh, from from any any heart issues. 21 days, that's three weeks. I mean, think about that. So if you third of the season, season. third of the, exactly third of the season. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying, I, I th- you go ahead. I was gonna say, I think. I actually think this is going to be the bigger issue for the Big Ten than the the actual coronavirus at this point. Because, yes, with the rapid testing, you're probably, unless something horrific happens, you're not going to have a situation like Rutgers had a couple weeks ago where you've got 30, you know, 30-something people, kids with the virus. But, let, all right, so you're Rutgers. You're not you – think we know this is not a terribly deep roster whenever they, they set up the roster, set up the two deep. So that's 44 kids on your two deep. If four of them test positive, you've lost about 10% of your two deep for three weeks at right. least. Yeah. And if there's, that's, a, that's just if they're asymptomatic and they, have, they don't have any issues. If they're symptomatic, it's going to be longer. If, God forbid, they develop myocarditis, it's going to be longer. So I think that's going to be the issue. The issue is going to be that if you can have 10, 15, 20% of your roster knocked out for a third of the season, and if it's the wrong 10 or 20%, I mean, and that's what I, I wonder, is Ohio State going to be eager to go to Penn State if they've got 10 starters missing? <laughs> is Michigan going to show up for the Michigan State game with a fifth-year walk-on quarterback as their only guy? I mean, that's where I think this is going to become the issue, that, yes, they might push the testing down, but if the wrong, if you have a couple of positives and the wrong thing, you're going to have very shorthanded teams. And wouldn't that be something I mean, if like it's Ohio State? We have to cancel games. Wouldn't you know, that be something if it's Ohio State? That yes. would just be incredible. <laughs> you know, Arkansas State had eight starters out or something, and they had to postpone a game because they had an yeah. outbreak. But they're just going to Kansas State to get a paycheck. Ohio State's trying to win a national title, and now they're going to be eager to show up when they, you know, that's why I, I think the bigger issue is going to be in terms of playing this whole schedule nine games in nine weeks is do you have enough people to put on the field safely more than does the virus come out right and remember it's not it's not the football part was never the problem it's it's the college part and you know as much as they talk about the testing they haven't solved the bigger issue which is that the the, (laughs) many times you tell a young person not to go to a party when they're in college I mean, they're still going to do it. You know, there's no – and these rosters are big. I mean, you've seen the number of cases they have at a place like LSU or, you know, at Orger and just, oh, you know, got the entire teams or got it. You know, I mean, it's good. Was that a good impersonation? That was a great impersonation. I think so, yeah. I'm going to go on tour later. Uh, but the point, the point being that, you know, th- these are still things that they can't control and they don't, they don't have an answer for. So, you know, I, I, think, I think we're headed to a situation where there's going to be a lot of cancellations. There's, there's just really no, no way around that. Uh, all right. How about we talk Rutgers for a minute? That's a crazy idea. We had Greg Schiano on a on a call as Sarge mentioned. Uh, you know, he he said there's a there's a bounce in the step, a little excitement in the building. But when he elaborated and just spoke to, 
you know, the challenge that's facing him now, you know, and he brought up this point, I'm going to write my column about it for tomorrow, a little spoiler alert, but, you know, that he hasn't, that this team has not blocked or tackled since they walked off the field and state college for their 10th loss last year. He's never seen them live tackle, which is just amazing. You know, spring, spring so if you don't, if you're not following what I mean, spring practice was wiped out, uh, right? I mean, it was right after, right, it was supposed to start right after all the, you know, mayhem broke, happened in the spring. And then training camp was wiped out and then when they pulled the plug on the season. So, you know, he's going to go into this five-week sprint to get a football team ready. Where And, and, and Cratch, maybe you could talk about this. It sounded like to me that he, he still doesn't know who's on the team. Like, he's going to try to get some guys who said they're going to opt out to opt back in. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I I think that that's kind of an issue, you know. I mean, I think that they they don't know who's on the team. I mean, look, I thought for the longest time, you know, we discussed it, and the fans have asked about that there was no roster, and I was kind of like, you're supposed to play a spring game months ago. Like, where is the roster? Greg talked about it and said, you know, yeah. we're gonna have a roster next week, but he legitimately seems that he held the roster because he doesn't know who is or isn't going to play. Right. So, uh, you know, obviously we know there's been more than one opt-out. Everett Wormley, I believe, is the only Rutgers player who's gone public and opting out. But then again, that whole situation has changed. So I think it's going to be a, tr- a tremendous challenge for them. But I will say this. They may not have blocked and tackled yet, but I guarantee you, even then, they're probably a better tackling team now than they were under Chris Ash. <laughs> the bar is on the ground. That is a very good point. Can you keep that in mind? Uh, it's Yeah, and I heard someone say to me that the roster – it, it, it could be the, the two deep could be 60% different from, from where it was at the end of the year. And I, I totally believe it. If you gave me a blank sheet of paper and a pencil and said, go ahead, tell me who's going to start. In this, I, I couldn't do it. Sarge. I mean, what, what do you think right now, you know, just going into this thing that this team's going to look like? It's a great question. Uh, one bit of news, uh, Graciano did talk about, and we reported uh, right after Everett Wormley uh, opted out that there were about seven players who, who had made the decision to opt out. Not, um, most okay. of those, none of those names were, were reported, but Graciano did talk about today that he's going to uh, have conversations and, and about the potential of a lot of those players opting back in. Uh, as far as you know, your guess, quarterback, you know, Ar- you know, Arsikowski, Bedral, um Interesting, you know, I I, I think they'll they'll, they'll uh, you know give uh, the freshman a chance, um, uh, Evan Simon. Um, I think, you know, he, he, you know, you talk about the tackling thing. He hasn't seen any of these guys actually, you know, throw a meaningful pass or, or catch a meaningful uh, pass or, or he hasn't seen any of them. You know, I, I do know, to, having talked to him over the summer about it, he's confident in two position groups. He's confident in the linebacker core, which if you look at it, there is a lot of depth. I, I think you have a big 10 linebacker core and he's confident in the running backs. Beyond that, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I don't even think you know the head coach knows at this point. Right, and yeah, and that 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 leaves a lot of wiggle room. I mean, I think you know you're looking at uh, depth problems on the defensive line, and just so many newcomers too. Uh, Cratch, when you bring in all these players from different places, you know you've got to expect that there's going to be a huge, you know, just curve of learning to play together. And 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 we've seen it. Look, we saw it with with the NFL, right? They didn't have preseason games. They didn't have, and a lot of them, you know, I watched the Steelers on Monday Night Football. They came out and you're like, God, did these guys, did these guys practice? You know I mean? They're, they're really sloppy for the first half. I just can only imagine what that's going to be on the level that it is in, in college football. No, I mean, I think it's going to be kind of disjointed, ugly football. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, not to get back on my favorite subject, but like, you know, Army's played so well the first two games because 
they've been up in the woods since June and they've had a real training camp and no one else has. I, I think that's going to become the issue. We're seeing Arkansas State goes out and beats Kansas State because they've already played a football game. They've gotten the kinks out while the other team hasn't. So I think it's going to be a major challenge. And on top of that, no matter how they chop it up, this schedule is going to be very hard for Rutgers. It's going to be a physical gauntlet. And even with this little carrot, you know, the idea of this bonus crossover the last week of the season set up by the standings, Rutgers is probably going to – is likely going to play Illinois and Purdue, who I think might be the two lowest, you know, worst teams in the West in the regular season. Barry Alvarez said, we don't want rematches. So Rutgers surprised you could get the fifth place team in the West, which may be Iowa this year. Right. That's just amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say when, when, when Cratch began his army, uh, you know, recitation, I wonder who, uh, what other three teams do you think he has in the college football playoff with, with army right now? Hey, if they beat Cincinnati guys, I'm, I'm telling you. Wait, do you think it's Alabama, Clemson, Army, and what? What, what, what the, uh, the other team that's going to be with him right now in the playoff? Yeah. I didn't think it was a welcome change. Last last time we did a podcast, he had the Army shirt on. He took the Army shirt right. off. Yeah, so exactly. It's yeah. a welcome change. It, it is a change. It's good. All right. You want to take some Rutgers Insider questions? We, we have a bunch of them, and maybe we can just circle back and just figure out what we haven't talked, we haven't touched on. But um, if you guys don't know it already, nj.com backslash text. We've been we've been firing out some text, guys. And we, we've done, you know, I think we must have had 25, 30 updates in the last few weeks with all this craziness, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. We do the best we can to give you. Uh, facts and even some uh, even some conjecture all right the first question uh my question is simply do you feel that they did their homework and put protocols and safeguards uh to keep things as safe as possible or do you think they just caved to public opinion in other words do you have the sense that this is the safest route they could take or is it more like the other conference that just opened regardless i mean my first thought on that sarge is that it's certainly not the safest route. The safest route is not playing. You know, there's a reason why the Ivy League's not coming back. And, you know, so I, I, I certainly don't think that's the case. But I, as far as the homework part, everyone I talk to seems to think, yeah, that the rapid, te- rapid testing is a game changer. Yeah, um, I think we, you know, and, and we're skeptical to begin with. But I think, you know, ultimately it comes down to a business decision. And we've, as we've reported, you know, all these schools, you know, stand to lose a ton of revenue from, from this. Uh, I think ultimately um, this is probably boils down to, you know, the, the amount of revenue that all these schools were stood to lose. You know, they, they, none of these schools could, could stomach it. Uh, the, again, we, we could go on and on about the rapid uh, daily testing. And there have been some advances, and that does help. But I think ultimately, I think that just gives them, you know, they, they were looking for a second opinion. If, if, if I, um, you know, have to go to a doctor, I get a really bad me- medical diagnosis, guess what? I'm going to get a second opinion. I think that's what a lot of these schools, particularly Ohio State, Nebraska, were all trying to do, trying to get a second opinion. And once they were able to get that, they, they look, you know, the Big Ten, you know, uh, Cratch wrote in, in, in a story today, and I've written it before. It's the most lucrative conference in America. You know, we're talking about $780 million operation. They're going to be able to throw money at it, just like the NFL uh, did and just – like MLB, all these professional leagues, the Big Ten is going to be able to throw money at the daily testing, and that will give them the confidence to be able to forge ahead. Pratch, give me your thoughts on that. What what percentage do you think was public opinion, and how much do you believe the idea that it, that this is this is this is the safest route? Hmm. I would say that I, I would. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it was you know 80. percent You know they feel comfortable the medical advancements, but the public opinion definitely I think brought them the least to the table to consider 
these changes. Because I think if, if the public opinion wasn't there, they may be like the Pac-12, you know, obviously as you said the Pac-12 is a different situation, said, hey, well, we'll start this at Thanksgiving or, or something like that. Because as you said, these campuses are not in great shape. I think at the very least, no. they would have at least said, hey, why don't we take a month and maybe wait till November, you know, early in November maybe before we play. All right, we got another, got another comment here. And a lot of people just said, beyond comments, a lot of questions. Um, uh, it, you know, with the rapid testing the shelves, there's going to be a lot more positives. Players will be test positive. They basically won't be able to practice or play for 21 days, and then you won't be able to get in your lineup. You're going to have entire positions depleted from the virus. Uh, some teams will end up without linemen, with linemen as running backs. It's, <laughs> it just goes on to point out, you're right, absolutely right. This, this, is a, this is a great comment about all the things that are going to happen here because of this i i guess sarge what do you think how, how many teams are going to pull the plug on themselves and the other side of this is interesting because as as you pointed out early on when you saw the statement uh rutgers can pull the plug on on the game if it doesn't like what it sees on the other part of campus too i mean you know if they don't if rutgers doesn't like what it's seeing from michigan it you can say, yeah, no, we're, we're not playing that game the president of the university has that authority what do you think how many of those are you going to see I think the, the issue is going to be is going to be the perception of it, right? Like if um, if Rutgers all of a sudden uh, opts out, or, you know, in, in a given week, you're going to see, you know, rival coaches, you know, use that against them on a recruiting trail. So I think the perception right. of 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 canceling games, no matter how valid the reason, I think it becomes a you know hot button issue where uh, you know head coaches are not going to want to use that that you know give give teams the advantage. I've also thought about this, so the the, the opposite perspective. Is you had I think you know ten different uh, transfers from from, from uh, Power Five uh, programs. There's a chance, guys, that you know the the way Greg Schiano has flipped a roster. And again, we haven't seen a practice. We might not see a practice between now and October 23rd or 24th. There's an op- there's a chance that maybe all of a sudden the way he's flipped this roster that a team like Rutgers. I'm not saying he's going to win the Big Ten, but maybe they could win four or five games. What you're not seeing now, folks, in the podcast is that that Cratch just had to go. I don't know where he had to go. He had to go. I'll be right. He just texted me and said, I'll be right back. I've got to get the dog. And I'm like, okay. And so then he, he comes back on the screen with his dog, which, of course, is adorable. And now the dog is on in Cratch's apartment wrestling with a dog toy on the bed as we're recording the podcast. Now, this is interesting on many levels, but also because, because you know, we've been told a million times to, like, record, you know, record in, like, the, the corner of a closet someplace. So now... You know, Crash has got it. How, how's, how's the dog doing there? Crash, Hazel's, Hazel's been a little active. Been She's been good. You know, yeah. this, is a, yeah. this is a two-person household, and uh, we're both on work calls at the moment. And yeah. Yeah, I just was able to kind of spring free. So I got Hazel. She's she's playing with her moose, and uh, it's all good. Yeah, what does so, Hazel think about the uh, the breakdown here of uh, of of how many games are going to be played? Well, see, oh, I, Hazel sounds very angry about it. Actually, <laughs> I don't like, I don't I know what that's say. Hazel. Wow. Hazel. Um. Well, so, so Hazel Hazel came to our house uh, during the pandemic, and she has separation anxiety. So okay. Hazel would prefer the Big Ten stay sidelined. Wow. Why, why, why does Hazel hate sports, Scratch? Why does Hazel hate sports? I don't know. I, 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 she actually, like, she works at a phone bank for the Biden campaign, like, on the side. So, uh, no, so 
I think what Sarge said is right. Like it, it could kind of go both ways, but my whole thing is this with the, with the opt-out situation is that the big 10, in my opinion, has to do with the big 12 didn't set criteria for like what constitutes not playing because as I said, you're you know, you got 10 starters out and you don't want to play the next football game. Oh, we, we, we can't do this. You know, fact-finding mission. The other question I have is, what happens if, you know, Rutgers is supposed to play Purdue one week and their game with Maryland gets canceled two weeks, three weeks earlier? Does the Big Ten suddenly say, well, that's a division game, so you're not playing Purdue anymore? I'm sorry, I stopped laughing when you said Hazel had separation issues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I take the trash out and she starts crying. That's tough, man. That's rough. All right, a few more questions. I like this one. We talked about it. Vegel or Siskowski, who's the starting quarterback? Cratch. <laughs> Uh, I'll slick with Vegel, but why not both? I mean, this is a free, yeah, uh, this is right. a weird season. Everyone's got a free, you know free waiver of eligibility. Play them both. Yeah, play Evan Simon. Play like that's what I'm saying. Like Greg, I don't know if he's going to do this. He should play the entire roster, evaluate everybody. Yep, and then move yep. forward. And there's no reason with the and he mentioned it today about the you know you, you bringing bigger players back. It's absolutely the case. Uh, this was a good point. And, and Cratch, you did the obituary on Brian Sheridan, one of the the great line backers in Rutgers history uh, a reader a reader wanted to know do you any of you have memories of Brian Sheridan playing football at Union High School at Rutgers he, he always told his family that he, he always told the story that, his, that he was he told Joe Pa he was going to Rutgers at the dinner table when the, the legendary Penn State coach visited him I have one quick one you know I didn't cover him as a player Sarge you might have but I covered him when he took over his alma mater Union High School program uh, you know this was probably in 2007 I did a column about him wanting to bring that program back to its storied heights and you know I spent I spent a good deal of time with him talking about that and you know it's just amazing to me you know because he obviously then was a you know a young strong just a, a fit guy uh, uh, and to see this, you know, 45 years old taken from us is, is pretty amazing. Sarge, what, how about you? Did you cover him as a player? I did not, but, um, you know, I, 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 I just know from um, – he was a linebacker who was always around the ball. He was, you know, one of the best players on, on some really bad uh, Rutgers teams in, you yeah. know, in, in, in the late 90s. And I'm like you. I, I dealt with him a little bit, you know, when he was a head coach, was always uh, professional. So completely, you know, stunned by it. Yeah, Cratch, what did you did you talk to any people about? I mean, you know, it was the news a surprise to a lot of people. I think it definitely was a, a kind of a stunning thing. Um, obviously, he I guess he was sick for some time, but there was no mention of that you know he was being interviewed for high school football previews you know, as recently as a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I had a lot got a lot of emails from people who knew him, teammates. Um, he left Union, I believe, right uh, my first season on the beat was he, right when he left Union, so I didn't cover him. I, I did cover Union High football, and I know, you know, Lou Grasso's kind of gotten the program back to, you know, where it used to be. You know, made a couple sectional finals. Uh, I was sitting Brian coach Jamari Bogan, who had that huge, you know, year for Union, I think in 2011 when, when they went to the state semifinals. So, uh, no, this is really a, a horrible story and kind of a guy who I think is probably a little bit forgotten in Rutgers history. You know, he's not like a Marco Battaglia, and he's that era right before Greg arrived. Right, right. Um, all right, a, a, a few more questions. Uh, you know, we have one just basically asking, you know, if 
what what is the, the temperature in that coaching room? Do you think that they were quietly or not so quietly praying for a spring season? Um, Sarge, I mean, I, I think obviously given the choices, they would rather not have played uh, than play now because of they want to preserve that recruiting class. I mean, what what's what's your set? Do you do you think that they are kind of dreading this, or now that it's here, kind of looking forward to it? I think you have two uh, for players. I think, you know, the majority of players and, you know, again, we haven't had a lot of access with the players, but uh, for my understanding, you know, the majority of players uh, want to play. Um, so I think from that standpoint, you know, I'll take Greg Shiano as where, where he said there was a bounce in the step of, of, of you know, of, of players going through the Hale center today uh, from a coaching standpoint, you'd have to give them truth serum to get the, the real answer out of this. But I think like anyone else, I mean, I think, you know, ultimately I did say, you know, there's a, you know, scenario in place where, you know, other teams have issues where, you know, all of a sudden Rutgers upgraded his talent. Maybe they can, you know, you know, surprise some teams this year, but odds on, you know, we're talking probably a, you know, a last place big 10 East division team. They're going to struggle. Does Graciana really want that, 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 you know, that first year, you know, two and two and six or or uh two you know two two and uh you know um two and seven i should say uh mark on on, on his resume probably not um ultimately though he's a competitor um so i think you have to really uh give him some truth to, to admit it but from from a standpoint of not having that that black eye under on a resume and be able to recruit and try to build up the roster i think that would have been a probably a good thing for graciana yeah, I mean, the one thing is the expectations around the ground, right? There, there couldn't be any lower. People expect this team to go on nine. Hey, two and seven with a, with a couple of close games against big opponents. I, you know, that might be people, they might sign for that. Uh, all right, that's what we got question-wise. You guys have any final thoughts on this crazy few days? I mean, anything, anything else you want to say that just, you know, just kind of sums up what we've, what we've gone through here? I, I feel bad for the fans. Um, and, yeah. you know, I wrote about it. One of my favorite stories that I've written in a while only because, you know, it, it, it was able to f- put the spotlight on the fans, but just how, you know, and you know this, I mean, we, we, we've been covering this for a long time. This is a really passionate fan fan base. We go through the tailgates. Yeah. I interviewed a, you know, a, a, you know, a fan who, who uh, gets to the a parking lot, you know, around 3 a.m. for every game day. It doesn't matter if they're playing at, at noon, 3.30, 8 p.m., He's there at 3 a.m. Um, you know, every game day. Yeah. The, the fans won't be allowed in, in games. I mean, I think we kind of knew this was going to be a scenario, but now the Big Ten made it official. I feel bad. I feel bad for, you know, that the fans won't be able to, you know, because college football, and, and you watched the Giant game on, on, on Monday night. It was surreal, not, not seeing fans in attendance. But to me, I almost like, you know, I, I'm kind of used to it by now, watching the MLB games and the NBA games, that, you know, the, no fans. College football, you know, the fans are so much part of the, the, the atmosphere, whether it's the tailgates or the pageantry. It's just, I don't know, you know, it's just not going to feel the same. I feel bad for the fans that they're not going to be able to, to experience, uh, you know, the, 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 the game day uh, festivity. Yeah, you're totally right. And the NFL is a different beast. You know, those games can be played in a soundstage, you know, the college atmosphere, the, the fun in the stadiums. I mean, the camp, the road trips, it's just a different, the marching bands. Yeah, all that's going to be gone. Cratch, why don't you leave us with a final thought? Give, give me something. Uh, I'm excited I'm going to cover football. Um, I think it's going to be strange. I mean, I, I'm kind of, you know, part of me is like, you know, like, are they going to do this? I, I can't wait to see the schedule because I, I guess I'm going to have to rebook and book hotels for like the third time. That's what's crazy. This is going to be the third different Rutgers football schedule we've had 
in uh in about two months so that that's gonna be interesting so yeah no i mean look i it, it's good it, it's kind of strange and I, I think i'll reiterate what i said last week it's gonna be like living in a painting that's 75 percent done you know it's supposed to look like but it's it's just not the same all right on that note i'm gonna sign off steve politi keith Sargent, james cratch hazel cratch joining us here today <laughs> For the Rutgers rant, a crazy, a crazy thing in college football. Hey, we'll be back to talk about football, I think, an actual football podcast uh, in, in just a few weeks. So thanks for listening again. Mm-hmm.